Welcome to the Steady on Stronger Together podcast. I am your host, Angie Ballman. Before Matt and I had our first child, we went through foster care training. At almost the exact same time we completed the courses, I learned I was pregnant with our son, Alex. We paused on moving forward with fostering, and though we still discuss it from time to time, our family has never circled back to that area of ministry. But I've never felt completely released from that Holy Spirit nudge, and I'm always interested in talking with other people who foster. A couple of months ago, I met Kristen Bathin, my guest today, when I contracted with her photography business to take some new headshots. While she clicked her camera, we struck up a conversation about our lives, and she began to talk about her journey with fostering. Almost immediately, I asked her if she would be willing to record an interview with me so I could share her story with you. You'll hear a lot of things as you listen to Kristen talk, honesty, pain, joy, struggle, but above all, you'll hear a confidence. Kristen and her husband believe in what they are doing and their unwavering faith in the God who calls them keeps them taking steps forward. If you've ever considered fostering, if you've ever stepped into new territory as an act of obedience, or if you're inspired by the courage of others who do so, I know you are going to love this conversation with Kristen Bathin. Let's listen in. Hello, Steady On community, and welcome to this Stronger Together conversation. I'm Angie Bauman, and with me today is my ministry friend, Kristen Bathin. Kristen, thank you so much for joining me today for this conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me. This marks two firsts for me, Kristen. I will tell you, one, I have never interviewed someone who lives in the same community that I do. I I have interviewed people from all over the place, but never someone who is kind of like my neighbor. And so welcome, (laughs) neighbor. (laughs) And I've also never talked about fostering, the foster care journey, the calling to be a foster parent. And so this is a couple of firsts for me today that I'm really excited about. So Kristen Bathin comes to us from um, Southern Illinois, where I am also, and she is a wife and a mom and a photographer, and she has a fairly new blog site, journal127.com. What is journal127? Will you tell me what that means? Yeah, so so basically it's it's based out of James 127 to care for the vulnerable and and the widows. And so it the journal part of it is basically my my story, my own journal that I want to share with with everyone out of this foster care journey. So that's that's really what journal 127 is, all based around our call in James 127. And for you, I love that. I love that. And for you, part of caring for the vulnerable has meant bringing a child into your home who, for a variety of reasons, probably, and there are probably as many stories as there are foster children in the system, but um, to bring a child into your home who, for a variety of reasons, could not live with his biological parents, right? That's how, that's how you're living that out right now. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So talk to us just a little bit about this decision, because I would think fostering a child, especially the way that you got yours, we're going to let you tell that story in just a second, but um, fostering a child is not something you just wake up and decide, I would think, right? And so how, what was this decision like? What were these conversations like as you and your husband began to feel this, feel this stirring of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to say, and you were willing to step out in obedience to that? I have always wanted to adopt. It's just always been something that's been on my heart, even before my husband and I got together. Honestly, you know, we knew that we wanted children in our home, but 
to be completely honest with you, foster care was never on our radar. I hate to say it, but it was never on our radar. Adoption was always on my radar, but as a couple, foster care was never on our radar. So I had obviously shared with my husband my heart for adoption, and he was always, yeah, that's great. I love that. But we were never in the ready for kids zone yet. I remember one day we went to, to dinner. We had a weekly date night at the time. No kids. It was easy to get out. <laughs> and I remember uh, that season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were at dinner. And all of a sudden, Jared, my husband, looks up at me and says, what do you think about foster care? Mm-hmm. And I was just, I mean, I was taken back um, because a lot of times you will find You'll hear stories of the wife or the woman kind of like, come on, come on, husband, let's go. Well, it was my husband that brought it up and which is, which is a beautiful story in itself, you know? And I, I just looked at him and I said, I love that idea. I love that, you know, still pretty naive to the whole, like, you know, frustrating, really hard parts of what foster care is. But I said, let's sign up. It was a simple, Hey, do you want to do this? Yes, let's do it. Uh, which is completely the Holy spirit working. And he worked on my husband first in the whole foster care realm. And so we signed up that night. (laughs) And so our journey began really, really amazing because we both were on the same page from the get go, which is really, really cool. So talk to us a little bit about what the journey was like before you received the placement of your son. How long did that take? What were some of the things that you had to go through experience? Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as we signed up in a, in a few weeks, well, we signed up online first off just on DCFS, their website. And a few weeks later, someone reached out to us and came to our home and just met with us to kind of talk about, you know, here's what it looks like. Here are our next steps type of thing. And then we were enrolled in the foster parent training courses. And for us, that took about eight weeks. We signed up in November and they had another round of classes in January. So there was a little bit of that you know, from November to January, like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, (laughs) you know, ready to get the process started. So in in January, we took our classes, took about, I think, eight to 10 weeks. It was a few years ago. So (laughs) my dates are a little bit off. That's good. That's uh, close enough. (laughs) Eight to 10 weeks to finish those classes. We went in for, it's a commitment. It's, it's a, it's a commitment to even step into those classes because it's two nights a week for about four hours Mm -hmm. a night, um, to get all the content in, you know, we talked a lot about attachment, about trauma, which for, for my husband and I, who, you know, both had have loving homes were raised in Christ centered homes, talking about trauma, talking about like what these, you know, parents can do what to their children. Like it was unheard of for us. Mm -hmm. So we learned a lot from those classes. Once we got the classes done, uh, we think about in February, end of February, by March 19th, we got a call. Uh, We had, we had received a call prior, 
but it was for uh, two little boys. And unfortunately, we were not able to to take both children into our, into our home just because of the size of our home. Mm-hmm. So, so, but that's, that's kind of a, a key point too. You still receive calls, even though you may not have the space. It's just, it's so needed. So that, wow. so they'll call all foster parents. Wow. We'll be right back. Hello, my friend. Are you ready to develop consistent Bible study habits within a community that offers fresh resources and loving accountability? Well, I have an invitation for you. We would love to have you with us in Steady On University. On June 13, we will be kicking off a brand new study. It's called Be Still, and it will be anchored in the verses of Psalm 46. The lessons will help us remember that God is our refuge, and the way to calm life's chaos is by taking shelter in Him. You will find all the details for Steady on University in today's show notes. Again, the Be Still study begins on June 13, and you do not want to miss it. The study time in SOU so far is fire, and it's only going to get better from here. I hope you'll take a minute to check it out because I would love to study with you. Wow. And so, so we're talking November, you're at dinner. And you decide to fill out an application and by March you have a newborn in your home. Yes. Yeah. Never, never parenting before. Never. I mean, we have our sweet nephews and cousins and, but have never parented before. Yes. And it's very different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Your heart may be ready, but your life in some ways is not. Is that fair to say? Right. Right. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And so that was approximately three years ago. Is that right? Do I have my time frame right? Yes. Three years uh, this last March. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So that was approximately three. And so through that time, I know you have had a variety of highs and lows. Um, what has some of that been like? What would you say, let's start with the highs. What would you say one of the greatest joys has been uh, in this, in the last three years with your son? Honestly, watching God develop our little guy's personality because we got our little guy when he was four days old We've been with him his whole life, which we thank God for all the time that he did not have to experience trauma as a toddler. Or, I mean, there's always trauma, always trauma, whether you're, you go into care as an infant or whether you go into care as a toddler or a teenager, there's, there's always going to be trauma because you're not with your biological family. Uh, However, we're grateful he did not have to experience any physical trauma or mental trauma as, as a young, young boy. So he came, he came straight uh, into our care. And so watching how God has developed his personality, how he's developing his personality now and how we are seeing, like, I see such a compassionate, empathetic personality in my little guy already at three years old. And so, and that's, that's how God has been working in him. And we are definitely three, so <laughs> they were very rambunctious. But to see um, all of that energy, yet that compassion in his life already from a very young start is just so cool. And a- another another part, another like extreme high is to see how God has used one little boy 
to change a lot of lives. And I was, I was going to try not to cry, but. <laughs> oh, I will, we'll both try, but uh, you have an amazing story. So you just weep those tears. Yeah. This yeah. has been a long journey for you. So yes, there's no shame in that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Just to see how God has used one little guy yeah. to open a lot of hearts to foster care and just his sweetness and how he has changed our family for, you know, for the better is not even the right way to say it. Like he has just changed our lives mm-hmm. and, and just, just softened so many hearts to foster care. And so just to see how God is using our three-year-old to soften hearts is, is beautiful. It really is. And I think I read one of your recent blog posts on this idea of community. I think when, when any of us are willing to step out in obedience into that scary, risky, not safe, I don't know how this is going to end. I can't paint it done obedience, right? right? And other people whose hearts are tender towards the Lord are moved by that obedience as well. And so, you know, you continue, you and your husband and your, your little guy are an illustration of God's redemptive power. And we are moved by that as, you know, whether we are in it the same way you are, or whether we're watching it from afar, because God continues to illustrate his love and grace and kindness through what you have done and what you are doing. So it is beautiful. That's what he talks about. Well, he can do more than we can imagine, right? Like, yeah, he'll, he'll take something and say with just a little bit of obedience, I'll, I'll change hearts all over the place. You won't be able to stop it. Right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. What does he know about his story right now at three years old? Yeah. Yeah. So, so right now we, we, my husband and I both agreed, we're starting to introduce the word adoption to him. Um, Adoption you know, that mommy and daddy get to adopt you because thankfully we are at that stage, you know, we're just, just waiting to, to get that process completed, you know, maybe next year, but then also adoption in the way of how Jesus adopted us. Mm. Um, and it's, it's such a beautiful connector, you know, as, as hard as his story is, as hard as his, uh, you know, family story is, it's a beautiful way for us to connect what Jesus did for us. Mm. And, you know, starting early. That's, that's where we're at right now. Okay. <laughs> I say we, you know, we, we fumble through it <laughs> best we can, uh, you know, welcome to parenting, Yeah. you know, anyway. My oldest just turned 17 and every once in a while he'll bring me something or we'll have like a discussion about something that like, it's just new to us, you know, cause as he just keeps going out, you know, every once in a while I just look at him and say, I've never parented a 17 year old before. You just <laughs> right. have to forgive me. I don't think I have the answer to this right now. And I, so I think, I think it's different in the same, right? Like if we're honest about our own abilities to parent, we realize very quickly, actually, we don't have the, all the answers to be able to do this without it getting messy sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We're all, we're all fumbling through it, I think. So what's been one of the, one of the surprises, something that just, that you didn't expect, but either good or bad, I guess, just something that you're like, wow, this is, this is different, or I couldn't have known this. Honestly, I think, uh, working in the system, like you hear, you hear all the stories, you hear all the stories, negative and positive, but you hear all the stories. And I just, I think the, uh, working with the system and learning the terms, you know, because I mean, we would hear ACR, TPR, you know, and things in court were like, huh? <laughs> so, you know, I tell, I tell foster, other foster parents or future foster parents, like ask questions, like, and, and find a community, talk to us because we didn't have anybody. We we're kind of like the first in our little 
little community like to do this. And so we didn't know what we were doing. And so learning all the terms, learning kind of the regulations, learning that the process is not going to be as quick as you think. I mean, we, we got into this to foster, not, you know, not necessarily foster to adopt. It was, it was for the kiddos and for the families. Uh, And so, you know, we'll probably come up on four, four and a half years by the time adoption is done. And so just, just the waiting, but but God has been growing such patience in our hearts. (laughs) I thought I had patience before, but I have, you know, near enough as I needed that now. So how God's been working patience on us right now. So I would think you would need grace for yourself and for each other too, because what I hear you saying is that we, it's been an education, not only in parenting, not only in our child that's been placed in our home, but also just in the system we have immersed ourselves in. And so to be able to be patient, I think it's, it feels very vulnerable when you show up in court and people are saying things, you know, just like you're describing, or even just paperwork in front of you or all those things, social workers on the phone, and they're saying things to you. And you have to say, I don't understand this. I don't speak this language, right? I'm new at this. And that creates this other vulnerability in us. And I think there would be times I would anyway, where I would question one, what have I gotten myself into? But I'm completely unqualified for this role, right? I don't know how to parent. I don't know how to navigate this, this, these waters, you know, Um, and to be able to stay in there and trust. Where do you find that then, Kristen, uh, for yourself when you I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I would think you would feel that way sometimes. And so if you do, where do you, where do you find that stability? That way all the time, you know, even from just, you know, walking into the hospital, seeing this baby (laughs) and them saying, okay, here's your child. Like, here's your foster child. We're like, okay. You know, Mm -hmm. from that to where we are now, where, you know, there's a lot of frustrating moments of, you mean, this didn't get done and this didn't get done. And we have to wait on what again? I, I, I tell you, I have learned so much about character of our Lord mm. through this whole thing. Like I met Jesus in an entirely new way. Both my husband and I have, because when you're diving into the mess of, of human life, when you are you know, I, I picture, you know, an army crawl, you know, under barbed wire. Like when you were in there digging in the mud with people, it's so messy, whether it's foster care, whatever it is, it's messy. And to see Jesus in an entirely new way has been beautiful. And that's where we get our strength. That's where we get our strength is in Jesus and his character and trusting that he has our little guys whole life in his hands. And oh, and it's just like the 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 magnificent magnificence of our God is incredible. Mm-hmm. And and I've known that. Thankfully, the Lord saved me. I, I made the decision when I was five years old. I, I've been walking with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um he's been he's been working on me for <laughs> you know for a few years now. But I've never seen him in this way. Yeah. And that has been a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's been the hardest thing we've ever done in our entire life. Let's talk about that then. Tell us, tell us one, describe a moment where you have felt like 
it was so hard. Like maybe you can keep doing this or I know you've had those too. I just, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but I know because I know this kind of journey brings those kind of things too. What, what was maybe a low for you that, that you struggled through? Um, one of the lows was, you know, we, we get visited by a caseworker every month. They check in on our little guy. They came to us and said, I think he's going to go home. Mm. And actually, I mean, that's been done a couple of times. So, I mean, those, those moments, you know, your heart just drops to the floor. This child that you love so much that you, that you, that you feel is yours, although you didn't give birth to him. And to hear that he may not be in your care anymore. It's heart wrenching. And, and I know that foster parents across the board experience these things um, and have experienced things that, that we haven't yet, but those moments, that emotional roller coaster is I feel the hardest part because you don't, you don't know, you don't know who's going to be caring for that child next month. I think, yes, I think there would be this amazing grief and fear that just sort of like avalanches down on you, right? This grief, I think of thinking about the fact that I I may not spend my days with him. Um, I may lose this, right? But also the fear of what there was good reason why he didn't go to this place in the in the beginning, right. In your situation in the very beginning. And so what is this child who I have grown to love so dearly as my own, because he is yours as much as any children are ours, whether we give birth to them or not. Right. Yeah. What, what will his life, this has been the only room he's had, maybe the only, you know, the only environment that he's had, who will cut the crust off his bread? Like I do those kind of things. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I think there's this whole avalanche of emotions that happens there, which kind of leads me to this next question, because I think, I think I'm not in this world like you are, but the one thing that I do hear frequently from people when the conversation comes up is I could never do that. Something like this. I could never do that because I would get too attached and I hear you. I hear the emotion in your voice. I can see the tears in your eyes. And so Kristen, I have no doubt that you are all in, (laughs) you are all in with this little guy. You are all in with this process. And so you are certainly attached. And so what is your answer to that? Because I think the, 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 the reality is yes, you would get too attached, right? So why, so why, why risk it? Whenever, whenever people, you know, talk about getting too attached, that's what I say. I said, that's exactly what needs to be done. Hmm. Um, you know, I can answer, answer your question with the same question. (laughs) You have to get attached. It has to be done or, or you're putting walls up, um, for this child that, that doesn't need any more walls to have to try to break down. Um, and then I tell them why. Why? Because that, that's a big question. Why in the world yeah. did you do this? <laughs> Why in the world? And again, it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus picked me up from my sin, from my mess, and still decided to save me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like me. <laughs> and so what better picture 
than for me to walk into a hospital and say, I'm going to love you. I don't, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how long you're with me. Uh, none of that matters. I'm going to love you for as long as I can. I want, well, I'm going to, I'm going to care for you as long as I'm going to love you forever, (laughs) whether you're in my care or not, but I'm going to love on you and speak life, speak Jesus into your heart, um, in our home for as long as I possibly can. What better way to show picture of what the gospel is. And so for us, that was the way we were going to do that. And, hearing how many children are being taken out of biological homes broke our hearts. And even before my husband and I were, were together, one of my big prayers was God break my heart for what breaks yours. Mm. And these situations, you know, breaks his heart. And so I want to be, my husband and I want to be a bridge. We want to be a bridge between you know, a broken system, a broken situation and speaking life. And so whether that means we get to adopt, you know, thankfully we get to adopt in this case, you know, but in the future, whether they go back home or they get adopted, we want to be that bridge and we want to speak life. And so that's our why that's our why and seeing, you know, our little guy's personality, and in other personalities of other kids that might be in our home. That's, that's our why. I think you're answering this already, but I want to ask it this way. I, if, if your son would go home or if you would invite another child into your life for a period of time that would then go home or go elsewhere, I guess I'll just say it that way. Do you feel like you would still know that the time they had with you was worth it? Was good? Was impactful to them would would that do you I know you can't know I'm because I'm creating a hypothetical situation but do you feel where you are right now that you could say I would do this again even though I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be able to go know how it was going to end yes and I know I and and I know I can say that now not having experienced that um, that heartbreak and I have I have friends um, I'm thinking of one friend in particular that their, their little one went home that they loved with all of their hearts and still love with all of their hearts. And they're right back in it with more children in their home. And they are such, uh, an inspiration, such, uh, wonderful, wonderful friends and wonderful people to, to step back into that. So I've, I've watched, I've watched their situation. I've watched how much grace that they have had, how they've stepped back into it, into that call. I, I, I'll say yes now, not right. having experienced yeah. that, mm-hmm. but I just, I just know this is where we're at. And I have, I have seen God provide in such incredible ways. And I know, I know that he will take care of us regardless of what happens. He will take care of our emotions. He will take care of our heartbreak. He will take care of, of anything that, that happens. Doesn't mean he'll take the heartbreak away. Right. Doesn't mean he'll take the tears away. That's not, that's not how it works, (laughs) but I know he will take care of us and he will give us exactly what we need. And that's what he's shown us these past three years already. So what makes me think he's not going to continue that? I think what you're saying right there is the answer for anyone who is interested in stepping out in obedience to the Holy Spirit stirring, no matter what that step looks like. 
Because when we can have a confidence that we know, that we know, we know, we know, then we don't have to be able to paint it done, as I say sometimes, in order to know that it will be good, right? Because he has promised he will stay with us. He has promised he will not leave us. He has promised that he calls us to good things and that he will just journey with us no matter what. He will not leave us. And in that, we can rest assured. But uh, we don't have the certainty, as you say. The heartbreak is a possibility, as it is in whatever our path of obedience is. But the, the confidence can come from the, uh, the understanding that we can take one step after another on solid ground because the ground we walk on is him, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You yeah. talked about how many kids, do you have any, I'm putting you on the spot here just a little bit. Do you have any statistics, uh, any numbers? Uh, what is the, what is, what are we up against here in terms of kids in foster care? Can you share any, anything at all? I'm not, I know I'm, I'm putting you on the spot, but anything at all that you can share? No, yeah. Um, I, I looked at the numbers, uh, I think last week, and we are up to 463,000 children in foster care right now. In the States? And in, in, yes, in, in the United States. In, in the United States, 463,000 approximately children yeah. in, in foster yeah. care awaiting placement. Uh, just, just, just in foster care. Okay. Okay. In foster care. Mm -hmm. That's a staggering number. Yes. And that number has gone up tremendously since we even got started really in the process. Yes. Wow. 463,000. I want to just, I just want to reiterate my admiration for you, for your husband, for your family. Um, what you are doing is just, it's inspirational in a divine way. It's just a reminder. Like I said earlier, it is a reminder of his redemptive story and how I always say that our lives would be in the Bible. I'm pointing behind me because there's Bibles over there, but our lives would be in the Bible had we lived in a different time for those of us who are willing to step into obedience because the characters in the story are God's is God's redemption through his people is God's love uh, being illustrated, God's grace, God's salvation. It's, it's the same story over and over and over, but he just plays it out in all these different people and he continues to do so. Um, and so thank you for opening your hands and uh, not holding too tightly to the life that you had, but instead holding tightly to him and allowing him to uh, guide those steps. We're all better for it. And, and most of all, that little guy that you love and cherish so much, obviously. So I always ask this question as we, as we leave, because I love to share resources. So in your journey, what are you doing right now? Anything goes that is helping you keep connected to God. Is it something you're reading, watching, studying, listening to anything at all? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I mean, I, I'm listening to music, worship music constantly right now, listening to a lot of the worship collective. Yes. Uh, and, um, I, I've read, uh, a few books by Jason Johnson. Okay. Great, great author. Uh, one of his books is called everybody can do something. And the other book is called reframing, reframing foster care. Um, and those have been incredible resources and they're not just about, foster care and, you know, and diving into foster care, you know, just for the sake of, of foster care, but it's, it's showing you how you can do something and be involved in the gospel and foster care, um, and how, how to really live that out and, um, going about foster care in a different way. 
And so those, those are two great books. And then also just, just a simple resource on Instagram, foster the family blog on Instagram. Her name is Jamie Finn. And again, gospel centered, uh, loving and foster care. And she's, she's trauma informed. So, so I've learned a lot about, um, you know, trauma that children uh, might bring with them. Um, since I haven't personally experienced that quite yet on a larger scale. And then she just encourages, she encourages me to remember about the family as a whole. We are loving, we are loving our children, but we are also in this for the family. We are also in this for our biological family and that we're always going to be connected to. And so loving and praying with them for healing and just, you know, and fo- following her, her blog, she's, she has fostered like 25 plus children. And so mm-hmm. to see how she connects with biological families, with the moms and the dads, the grandmas and the grandpas, and how she loves well, that just encourages us to continue to love our yeah. bio dad and bio mom. Well, yeah. um, we don't get it right a lot. And there's a lot of anger that you're working through from a bunch of different avenues, but how we can love well, the whole family. So that's another great resource that anybody who is interested in foster care or kind of diving in, she's a great one to to listen to. Kristen, thank you so much for those resources. Thank you for sharing your, your heart and pieces of your story today with this group of listeners. I know you've been so encouraging to me and I know you've been encouraging to them and uh, we will sign off now and until next time. Peace. All right. Thanks. A huge thank you to Kristen for her willingness to share her journey with us. As she said so profoundly, it is a messy, beautiful story. I have learned that all beautiful stories are messy at times, and I happen to think accepting the idea there's going to be mess helps usher us in to the ability to receive the beauty. If you haven't already, I hope you'll subscribe to the Steady On podcast today. When you're subscribed, you'll automatically see the new episodes plus any bonus material. Also, I have a new freebie available on my website. If you would like a guided devotional resource, I encourage you to find the link in today's show notes so it can be delivered directly to your email inbox. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.